things and um i'm really glad to have you on the show i'm i'm sure your information is definitely going to be life-changing and <laughs> oh yeah yeah it, it, it'll be a little bit different too but but i can because this one's for the books we're going to deal with you are the resurrection truth and light we're going to talk about comedic science comedic belief systems comedic understanding blah 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 that relates to us and you know the get on coach show is all about empowerment so how does this relate to empowerment stay tuned how does it relate to black empowerment keep watching all right welcome to get on code the fly guy show which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment health wealth and knowledge itself people think in binary choices because they are conditioned to and on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion i think the wolf was the democratic party the lion was the republicans but the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine. That means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. All right, Code Keepers, we're back. You are the resurrection truth in light? Question mark. Hey, we got the good brother from Comedic Centered Living. Good Reginald Martin with us. And we have Brother Zumbi as the foundation today. What's up, bro? Yeah, bro, Zumbi, you may need to pop back in, man. You may need to pop back in. He's having some technical difficulties, man. The vibrations are working. We got the positive vibes going here with good brother Reginald. Bro, man. What's good, man? Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. I have your bio, but I think your bio speaks for itself. I think you do a better job presenting it. So uh, chat us up, bro. What are you about? Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I'm really glad to be here. I really appreciate you guys inviting me on. Uh, man, looking for an excellent, excellent show tonight. So uh, just some good conversation. But, uh, you know, I, and and this is what I say is I I basically um, I, I teach people how to get over uh, the negative Christian and religious programming that we have, you know, because uh, uh, there's a lot of things that happen in our communities that the bottom line is, is that we've been programmed negatively to make ourselves to make ourselves uh, make us think about ourselves in ways of lack and uh, and, and just, um, you know, uh, just basically unworthy. And uh, so I help people to get over that programming and and uh, and teach them ancient comedic uh, spirituality, ancient comedic science and uh, sacred processes step by step that uh, help improve their life. So I say that Christianity and comedic science, uh, there are ways of life, but comedic science will improve your life. And uh, if you look around our, our neighborhoods, you'll see uh, any neighborhoods that that Christianity has gone in. Uh, they have basically uh, they're they're basically unsustainable economically, and that's not by accident. Wow, wow, code keepers. That's when we talk about empowerment. Sustainability is one of the most important pieces of empowerment. So, uh, brother Reginald, I'm glad you brought that up. You actually talk about this <laughs> when in this particular Instagram post. So, yeah, code keepers, we have this Instagram post that has a picture of three men and they're actually in class and one has the word islam on them he's looking over the shoulder of the person who's named christianity 
that person is looking over the shoulder of the person named Judaism. <laughs> and the one named Judaism is looking into comedic science. <laughs> yeah. That's that's hilarious. That's hilarious, man. That's it's powerful but true. It's it's funny but true. Because uh the the source of all three Abrahamic religions is comedic spirituality and, and African spirituality. And, and I wanna and, and I wanna make sure I'm talking about uh comedic spirituality, but these are concepts that were all over Africa. So th this is in a true sense, it's African spirituality, but I like to talk about comedic spirituality because that's the source of Christianity. And that's what I that was my childhood religion and what I grew up with. And uh, so when I talk about this, this information and this knowledge, it's from that, that perspective of my experience. So uh, I don't know Islam. I don't know Judaism because I never experienced it. But I lived Christianity for most of my, uh, my early adult life, you know, up into my early adult life. But, uh, but the source of it, all of it is comedic spirituality. Ashe, uh, that's, that's intriguing. That's intriguing. And not only do you teach people on your YouTube channel and you actually have built a business around it. You've built yeah. a, a, a business, a foreground, a, a place where people can come and learn and commune and develop each other. Uh, talk about yeah. what you do with Comedic Centered Living. Well, uh, through Comedic Centered Living, I have a class that I teach uh, called African Mind Rewire. And I call it African Mind Rewires because that's what we need to do. Uh, we, 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 as uh, the African diaspora uh, all around the world, uh, we have to rewire our, our minds from really uh, a colonized way of thinking. Uh, that's, that's just the most succinct way I could put it. Put it. But the ideas of, uh, of how we've been negatively taught within Christianity uh, to look at ourselves in a, in a way of we're unworthy, uh, we're born sinners, uh, you know, uh, in, in the the doctrines of original sin and total depravity are actually anti-human. And these ideas came from comedic spirituality, but they twisted them. OK, and they changed like the the, uh, the fall of man uh, was actually is actually a very empowering concept when you understand the idea from the comedic perspective. But when they uh, but when Christianity got it. They changed it into something that Eve, what Eve calls the fall of man by giving Adam uh, a fruit and, uh, and, and, and these types of ideas. But when you take them to comedic spirituality and, and you understand the original esoteric concepts, then they become something that is very powerful, enlightening, and it could be the foundation of starting a movement to where our people in the African diaspora around the world uh, can change the world in, in, a, in a big positive way. Intriguing, intriguing. Uh, so one of the things that you teach is you are a god or goddess in training, and that's part of your African rewire class. Yes. Uh, I want to tap into that and Zumbi, I know you have a question after that. So, you know, Brother Reginald, talk about the African rewire class. You mentioned it a second ago. What do you mean we're a God and a goddess in training? Well, from from our uh, basic uh, African teachings, uh, we talk about uh, the that we're made in the image of God. OK, and, and that that's actually something biblical. Now, understand, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not adversarial towards the Bible. I'm not adversarial towards Christianity uh, necessarily, just but just the teachings that teach us uh, the negative programming. So when we're talking about being made in the image of God, 
then from an African perspective, uh, that's a very logical uh, that's a very logical conclusion to come come to. So we are essentially incipient or beginner gods in training. So when we descended into earth, into the earth plane, we came here to learn lessons. And a lot of times the lessons that we've been taught in Christianity is to make us helpless and to wait on a savior. Well, if you're a god and a goddess in training, you have power. And, and, and make no mistake about it, we have more power than we have been taught. And when we're made in the image of God, that doesn't mean a physical image. And that in itself within Christianity has been, they usurped that idea and they gave us as people of the African diaspora an image that we were supposed to worship. Now, from a, a, psycho, from a psychological perspective, that has been devastating to us because we've worshiped the oppressor in a way. Oh, no, it's not in a way. That's, that's what we've done. And uh, so, but but we have to take this back from what was given to us, go back to our, what our ancestors were teaching and understand the true meaning of that to basically come out uh, better and, and transform ourselves into something that could do a lot more than what we're doing right now. Okay. Um, you know, as, as you were talking, um, when you were talking about the, being a god or goddess in training, one of the things that always comes to mind is the ability to, I call it speaking a new reality into existence. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Torah, it said, you know, God said, let there be, and it was. Uh, in the Injil or the New Testament, it's in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word became flesh. Uh, the Quran puts it this way where Allah says, kun fayakun be and it is uh how does your i i guess i would say how does your institute teach uh the importance of speaking reality into existence oh brother that you're going to the foundation of basically what i what i start out with so uh and and understand when i when we're talking about speaking into existence when we go back to the ancient African teachings, it's not just about the words, okay? So when they say that the word was God and the word was with God, that, that the word is actually a euphemism. And it's, it's a euphemism for the idea of vibration because it's a symbolic, it's a, it's a metaphor, okay? So in the, in the beginning was vibration, and vibration is the is the underlying organizational principle of everything in the universe. So, uh, and this is this can be proven even today. Uh, there is a uh, an experiment that was done uh, about a hundred and so hundred or so years ago called the double slit experiment. So, when we're talking about basically having the ability, what they realized was is that uh, the observer of a certain, uh, in this experiment, they shot particles through these, uh, these two slits. And what they realized was, is that whatever the, the observer believed, that's what, that's what happened or that, that influenced the outcome of the experiment. So what they were basically saying was, is that, uh, your thoughts end up creating your reality. So when we're talking about the way that we speak, 
and the way that we think, the way that we think and speak create a frame. And just like a picture frame, okay, it focuses you. So in any frame focuses you on something. So if you are, if, if you think a certain way, and, and this goes back to, again, what I was saying earlier about the negative, uh, the negative frames that we're giving, given within Christianity, that we're nothing without God, that we're unworthy, that we're sinners, that we're stuff like, that's negative programming and it's giving us a negative frame. So if we think in negative terms, then our life, what we're going to speak into our reality is the negative things. That's what we're going to focus on the most. So in, in what I'm teaching, the foundation of it is, is to flip that, you know, understand your power to create your reality, understand your power to focus on what you want and what you desire, rather than what you're afraid of. And that's, that's essentially what we're taught to do is we're taught to expect everything negative that that could possibly happen in our life. I mean, the, the, we talk about the world ending. You know, uh, we're, we're always talking of, in Christianity. We're we're taught so many people, excuse me, and so many things are our enemy. So it's like we we are programmed negatively, and and this is what I I, I ask people: if you want to understand if you are if you are a negative thinker, when you think about something uh, new. Or you're thinking about something different that might step outside of your comfort, make it cause you to step outside of your comfort zone. Do you automatically first go to the negative possibilities that could occur if you step outside of your comfort zone? If that's your primary way of accessing that information, you are a negative thinker. And if you're a negative thinker, you've already framed it in a way that is going to put more weight behind making that negative thing manifest. Okay. So, so that's how I would look at that brothers is just, is, is we, what we think puts us in a frame and that's what we speak. And that's what becomes our reality. And I think that's the empowerment message that really attracted me to your information um, that and, and you're taking some of the things that are in the canonized Bible, but you're showing the roots of them. And then you're showing the metaphysical messages behind yes. those things. Yes, I, I, because I, this is this is and, and I'm sorry, but but when we're talking about the Bible, we've been taught an exoteric version of it. OK. And when I say exoteric, that means that it is something that the public is given. So it's, it's meant for public knowledge and public consumption. But there is an esoteric uh, meaning behind a lot of these stories that that are basically totally divorced from the exoteric stories that we're taught. Okay, so so that so when I when I do that, there definitely is some empowering information within the Bible, but we just got to know the keys first in order to extract that knowledge and that information. So that's intriguing because a lot of the people who come into consciousness and study comedic science, whether they go into Asara Set or some of the other organizations that I've been around, um, they throw the baby out with the bathwater in some ways. Yeah. yeah, I don't see you throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That that's intriguing. That's no, intriguing. and and I don't. And and believe me, in the beginning, I threw the baby out with the bathwater. 
I wanted to, when I saw a Bible, the, the most useful thing that I saw that it could be was a freaking doorstop, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. Okay. So, so that, that was my, my early uh, idea about it. But when I started to, to study the comedic stuff and when I really started to get deep into it and, and I'm, I'm telling you, even, even the stuff that we can talk about tonight, brother, we can break it down to where it could, it could, it gets so convoluted. Well, I won't say convoluted. It, it gets so detailed that you start to connect things in the Bible esoterically that people have never even thought about and never even realized. I, uh, there is a, uh, just, just for instance, the, the idea of prayer. Okay. And I use the word prayer because I like to use language that we're familiar with because that helps people, that helps bring people in that, and from, from their level of understanding. And that's, that's what I want to do. So it's not about what I know or how smart I am and what words I can use. If, if I can't reach that person, I can't teach that person. So the idea of prayer and the way that we've been taught it and in from Christian from a Christian perspective is the idea of supplication. In other words, oh God, please help me, you know, and, and I, we're supposed to beg for something. We're not supposed to ask for things. Was it that's a that's complete bull crap? Okay. The the comedic idea of prayer is one that is empowering. And it is one that actually changes your life when you really apply it to your life. You cannot learn this idea of, of the comedic principles of prayer and it not change your life if you apply it. it it's, just, it's just not possible. And I will guarantee you that if you do, your life will be forever changed positively. Forever. When you understand that idea. And so... Your life will change forever when you understand that idea. Is this what leads to empowerment? The changing oh, of absolutely. your mind? Absolutely. That that's that and that to me is this is what the, the sole purpose of me teaching is is to is, is to empower. Because understand how I came to this knowledge, I came from a very dark place myself. I mean, I, I had lost everything I had, okay. Literally, I mean, I, all I could do was put something in a raggedy car that I had. That, that's all I had left. And I ended up having to move to a one room hotel, extended stay hotel to where I was basically a, a month away from being homeless. So understand as a man that that's devastating because we're told that as men, we're supposed to be providers, protectors and, and, and all this stuff. I couldn't do any of that because because of where I was financially. I could have stayed depressed. I could have stayed down very easily. But because of these principles that I learned, and I told you I, I was a metaphysician first, I, I had learned principles like uh, the law of attraction and stuff like that, that I was, uh, that, that I knew and, and was practicing, but still there was just something missing. And when I, when I came across the comedic spirituality and, and, and that stuff, it, it tied it tied law of attraction and the Bible uh, together, okay? Because all of it is ancient African. Well, the stuff that I practice brought me out of the depression. And not only did it bring me out of the depression, it's brought me now to a place to where abundance is my, uh, abundance is my foundation, okay? So we're talking about empowerment all day, every day here. And, and that's the bottom line of what any of this stuff. To me, we talk about uh, knowledge, spreading knowledge. 
And that's a nice thing. But if all you do is spread knowledge and gather knowledge, you just become a librarian. You don't apply it. Well, what I'm teaching is is step-by-step -step application of these sacred processes of sacred of what, what I call a sacred process mastery. And it, and it is a mastery because it is about learning skills. Prayer is a skill and not just something that we do when we put our hands together and bow our, bow our head. So these, these ideas will improve our life. You, you know, I, I'm listening here and, and I don't know if anyone has ever used this term before, but would you consider what you teach for lack of a better term, a black liberation theology. Uh, I, it's definitely a liberation theology. I wouldn't put a color on it because that, that's one aspect of who we are. Okay. But but I definitely wanted to liberate my black diaspora uh, worldwide. So if, if it's a, you want to categorize it as that, that's fine. But it, but it goes beyond that. Goes definitely beyond that. Okay. And the only reason I ask is, you know, in, in Christendom, there's a term called Black Liberation Theology where it talks about uh, the radical tradition, uh, whether we mention people such as Nat Turner, uh, Bishop Henry McNeil Turner, Reverend Vernon Johns, Reverend Albert Kleeg, who is considered the godfather of Black Christian nationalism, or even Adam Clayton Powell who took very radical positions within within their Christian tradition as uh, a means of liberating their people. So, okay. you know, as I'm listening to this, to me, I, I think this is more, as, as you said, I guess you would call it a human liberation theology because there's actual tangible uh, steps to take towards that liberation. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's to me, it's uh, it's it's different than Christianity, though. And, and this is this is how I why I say this, because I know there are there are a lot of people who say that they're teaching comedic science. But in reality, all they're doing is shifting. They're, they're saying that they no longer believe in, in Jesus Christ. And all they're doing is shifting from Christianity taking the same stuff that they basically believed in Christianity without believing in Jesus and then shifting it over to what they call comedic spirituality. So essentially to me, they're still Christian because it's still, it still end up being a box that you have to live in and that you have to believe in. You have to, you end up hating the same people as a Christian as, as now newly into comedic science as you did when you were a Christian. So it, it's, it's not, it's not inclusive any longer. You know, uh, well, Christianity is not inclusive; it's exclusive. But, but this is more than uh, window dressing because it, 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 you you can't just take the cover off and then put it on something else and then expect that the people are going to change and then they're, that they're going to be empowered. Uh, the idea of of uh, of just God itself and how that relates to us. That is a foundation of empowerment within within comedic spirituality that becomes an anchor from Christianity. And, and if you don't know the difference in the two, then you'll just keep 
keep yourself in that Christian way of thinking and not realizing it and not realizing what it does to you. Brother, you say on uh, one of your videos and on your blog, which you can find at www.cometiccenteredliving.com. You can see it on the bottom of the screen. Check out the check out the website. That there are five major religious beliefs that mentally destroy black communities. Run those yeah. down, brother. Run the jewels. And, and, and I and I and I break. I briefly we talked about it a little bit now, but but one of those beliefs. And this is I wrote that a long time ago, so I, I can't remember exactly what what the five that I wrote in that uh, particular article. But, uh, but bottom line is, is the idea that, that uh, we're born sinners. Okay. So that, that, that's one of them. And, and the reason why that is, is because it ends up putting us in a position to believe that we're guilty about something and that we, we have no recourse, uh, but to uh, be saved. Okay. The other thing is, is that if you believe you're a born sinner, then you already are putting yourself in a negative thought process. OK, every Sunday, black people around the world are going to into these churches and arguing for their limitations and arguing that they're born sinners because of being humble. OK, uh, believing in a, uh, a white Jesus. OK. Right there in, in itself, I mean, we, we've been in, in, in here in the United States and, and most places around the world, wherever Christianity has gone, we have been psychologically castrated on, on so many levels. And then you got the people who are your supposed oppressor, op oppressor and, and, and I, I want to speak to that too, is, is to say, we're not victims that we got to understand. We got to go a little bit deeper to this. So I'm being real and talking about what the experience is, but we got to go a little bit deeper because, because it's about empowerment, but to, to worship a God that looks like your oppressor oppressor, dude, that, that is like some genius level, a genius level mind castration. Okay. And, and so, so Coupled with the idea that of believing that I'm unworthy, okay, that, that's that's a third one. I'm unworthy on, on any level about anything. It, it ends up cutting you off from your birthright of abundance. So, so just those three things alone, uh, you know, okay, I see you got them up here. Good. Thank you. You said I'm a sinner and I'm broken. You, you the man, you know? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm broken. In other words, something is wrong with me, you know? So to, to think again, as black people, we're walking around saying that there's something wrong with us that, that, and, and from a comedic perspective that, that flips you, you are divine. You are becoming, that means that you're, you're evolving every day through your experiences. So all these things that Christianity has taught us has impacted us and you see the fruits in our neighborhood. You see the fruits in our neighborhoods around the world where they are not uh, self-sustaining. They, they're not economically self-sustaining. And I'll say this, we have spread knowledge and, and I'm, I'm almost 60 years old. 
we have spread knowledge that I know of since the 70s that that I'm aware of and I know of and I've seen I've read all, all I've read as as many books as you can probably throw at me I probably read them okay over these 50 years from since 1968 I, and I know I saw a Pew report that said this that since 1968 in America black people have not advanced economically one iota since 1968 We've spread knowledge. So I know people are educated. I know that they're reading books and I know that they have knowledge. But why have we not advanced? Now we can use racism. We can use all of that stuff. And, 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 and racism has been real for us. But we have to recognize that knowledge is not enough. We have to recognize that we have to be able to apply it. We have to be able to apply some knowledge and 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 to be able to move forward. Okay. And that was one of the points that I that you made on your blog that praying and spreading knowledge are not enough to end white supremacy and racism. No. So what is sufficient to defeat evil supremacy? So, first of all, again, we're given a frame. OK, and the frame is, is that we are in some way victims and from comedic spirituality, we are souls having a human experience. And from the perspective of a soul, and, and that's where, again, the, the ancient comedic teachings, the soul is the main character in these teachings, not the physical person. But the soul is to gain wisdom. And the way that the soul gain wisdom is through opposites. OK, when I say opposites, if you want to learn self-love, which that's one of the things that black people that we, we definitely struggle with is self-love, then you're going to be put in the position to where you're going to struggle with or be put in the position where you're going to struggle with self-love. Are you going to be put in the position where people won't love you, where people will put you down? And at some point you are to say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I don't believe this. I'm going to do something different. OK. That's what racism means. That's what the what the idea of white supremacy and racism is doing for black people. As souls, we're here to learn self-empowerment, self-improvement, and 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 self-economic, self-sustaining, self-development. Okay. So in order to do that, we have to rise above the adversary that has been put in front of us. And when I say adversary, that again, that goes to the comedic teachings uh, about Set and Satan, which is where Set, the idea of Satan comes from. The original Hebrew word, uh, it meant adversary, not, not like the devil right. or anything like that. Right. So, right, right. so our adversary is our fears and our beliefs that we are victims. Our beliefs that we, uh, we have to change the heart of white people in order for us to succeed. In other words, it's almost like we're saying in a way, unless white people change their hearts, my life is going to be horrible. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do think that our elders, our civil rights soldiers did some great work, but then they stopped. And I think they stopped because they were fighting for civil's rights. Now, we should have been fighting for empowerment. We should and have been fight, think, fighting for economic rights. 
Because uh, you, you yeah. were basically what that meant to me was is back in the sixties, we fought to sit. Because let's think about this: to hang out with each other, we we fought to rub shoulders. Yes, we we shot. <laughs> we fought to rub shoulders and sit next to white people at their restaurants. We were more empowered economically doing segregation than we are now. Now, I that said, doesn't I mean said. I'm arguing for in, in segregation. What I'm saying is, is that we had to have our own hotels. We had to we have did. our own restaurants. We, we had to have our own banks. We had to we have did. our own everything because we, we had our own were not companies. in the general society. We but had our own fire trucks. Huh? <laughs> We had our own fire trucks. We had our own police department. We had our own army. If you looked at um, what happened in Tulsa, they actually had their own army. Right. <laughs> protect, protect themselves. So, right, right. so all, of, all of that. So as soon as desegregation happened, man, we start beating down the white restaurants. Talking about, hey, man, it was like we thought their ice was colder than ours. And you know what's interesting? Dr. King talked about that for years after he had the I have a dream extemporaneous speech. Uh, matter of fact, let me click that really quick just to give some context. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I must confess that uh, that dream that I had that day has at many points turned into a nightmare. Now, I'm not one to lose hope. I keep on hoping. Uh, I still have faith in the future, but I've had to analyze many things over the last few years, and I would say over the last few months. I've gone through a lot of soul-searching and agonizing moments, and I've come to see that uh, we have uh, many more difficult days ahead, and some of the old optimism was a little superficial, and now it must be tempered with a solid realism. And I think the realistic fact is that we still have a long, long way to go. I think the biggest problem now is that we got our gains over the last 12 years at bargain rate, so to speak. It didn't cost the nation anything. In fact, it helped the economic side of the nation to integrate lunch counters and public accommodations. It didn't cost the nation anything uh, to get uh, the right to vote established. And now we are confronting issues that cannot be solved without costing the nation billions of dollars. Now, I think this is where we're getting our greatest resistance. Yeah, so, you know, Dr. King was saying the same thing, and as soon as he says that, pop. Bam. Gone. Gone. And 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 it's interesting, too, and he, and he was talking about, you know, voting and stuff like that, and 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 I think it's we're in an interesting uh, conundrum today as as black people here in the United States and voting, because what what I see is, is that we got a, the two party system. Neither party really cares about us. Neither one. The Democratic Party knows that we're going to vote for them 90 percent, no matter what they do. And the Republican Party knows we're not going to vote for them no matter what they do. And, so and, we're and basically outside. We just give our votes to the Democratic Party. They'll promise a few, promise us a few things, and it never get nothing ever gets accomplished for us. And you'll hear you'll hear me say, "I don't like D's. I don't like R's. I don't like nobody." <laughs> right, right, um, and, and, and that's and, the truth of the matter. We, right, right. we have to be more savvy, and and this is where like we we really jumped on an ice cube 
uh, when he was when he went to the Demo- went to the Republican Party and he started trying to get some ideas instituted. And what he said, what he said was, man, I'm going to go to whatever party is going to going to put forth what I what I want to do. He was ignored by the Democratic Party and the, and the Republican Party said, OK, well, yeah, we'll talk to you about it. And he went to them. That, to me, was one of the most savvy moves that anybody could have ever done. Because then well, that that put that makes the, us or makes the Democratic Party understand that if somebody wants to push forward our agendas, we're going to go with them. You know, now understand, I could not do I, I, there is no way I could vote for a Republican, a Trump Republican Party. There's there's just no way I could do it. OK, but okay. if somebody wanted to come forward and start looking at some different ideas, I'm listening. Well, I tell you, you know, one of the uh, it, look, it looks like we have some of your folk that are popping in. <laughs> oh, I guess I see my family there. It's rather creative. She's she's one of my family. All right, she says that's yeah, why she voted for the and Green a couple Party. Others. I've seen them there. Right, right. That, that, that's interesting. Um, in the last presidential election, I actually voted for the Libertarian Party. There was a Libertarian candidate, um, Joe Jurgensen, and she was on every ballot in all fifty states. And Spike Cohen was her VP candidate. Actually, he was on the intro of the Get On Code show. He's been on Get On Code a couple of times. They actually had some things that were going to be beneficial, some tangibles. You know, we talk about B1 and being voting for tangibles. They actually brought some tangibles to the party. Now, if you look at some of the old Get On Code shows, we broke down Trump's black plan. It was called the, uh, he called it a platinum plan. I think it was more cubit zirconium. (laughs) <laughs> and then we had uh, Joe Biden's lift every voice plan when he hushed everybody. Um, and both of the plans said, hey, we see the problems in the so-called black community. And these are the issues in the so-called black community. And we're going to do for everybody. And that's what our government is doing, uh, has been doing since, you know, early 1800s. We're like, hey, we see there's an issue. We're going to help everybody else except for y'all. Yeah, and it's been yeah. happening over and over. Minister Zumbi, I know you had a question. I know you had a question. Go ahead, brother. Drop in. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm going to move into, I guess, the, the business economic piece. Um, about a year ago, I published a book entitled GOAT, uh, the Gospel of Afronomics Theology. And one of the things that I said is that any successful economic philosophy must be rooted in a nucleus of culture, history, and spirituality. And what I've noticed is that many of us who engage in economics, we, we leave the culture and the history and the spirituality out of it, where we want to follow Marxism, we want to follow socialism or what have you. But all that was is a synthetic version of what we were practicing in Africa pre-colonialism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so i'm i'm really interested to to get the I, I guess the comedic perspective on how you approach uh business and economics okay and 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 understand what so so when we're talking about that any anything that we have to do uh and and comedic spirituality has principles so so i'm giving my perspective but it's based on comedic principles. And, and the idea is, is that 
that first of all, everything that we do, and and one of the things that I I think that that we spend a lot of time on now uh, that don't help us economically is we're spending a lot of time trying to fight racism. Okay. Racism is never going to go away. I don't care what we do. It's never going to go away. And again, to me, the idea is, is that we're trying to change the hearts of white supremacists. So that they'll say, oh, okay, yeah, well, we'll let y'all at the table. You know? So anything that we do from my perspective is about spirituality because the bottom line is, is that we have to rewire our minds and think from a position that we are gods and goddesses in training with the ability to create. If we don't come from that perspective or understand that perspective, which is the truth of the matter, then we're going to be looking outside ourselves for solutions. When the solutions are going to come from within us, as a people, and then they're going to, they're going to, what's in us is going to be reflected outside of us because that's what the out, what the ancient Africans teach is that everything outside of us is, is just a reflection of what is, is within us. So until we change our inner ways of thinking and being, rewiring our mind, then economically, we're going to keep waiting for somebody else outside to fix things. We need to start creating the 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 business the grocery stores the schools the banks we need to start doing that stuff within our communities but this is the problem we got people that have the knowledge to do that and and this is this is one of the uh, and I, I was speaking to somebody about this the other day well the autobiography of Malcolm X is one of my like favorite books in the world and this is and this is what he's what he spoke a quote that always stuck with me and I, I read this back in the uh, late seventies early eighties. Quota spoke to me, says that two men, black and white, can go to Harvard and get a degree. The white man will go and start a business and the black man will go and ask for a job. That right there, he summed up our mentality. And I don't want to look at that as something necessarily that, that I'm saying black people, I'm saying something negative. I want to highlight the, the, the mentality because we are taught to think of ourselves in ways that, are, that we're victims, we're helpless, we're unworthy, that we can't do this. And we can't even come up with our own solutions in our communities because we're so busy trying to fight somebody to solve a problem for us. And we have to take into we have to take this to in, in our own hands. We we have to rewire our minds to where we know and believe that we're creators, and then we have to go out and create it. Until we and 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 as long as the foundation of the African diaspora is based in Christianity and worshiping uh, worshiping the the Christian God. Hmm. We're, we're going to be forever at a disadvantage. So for me, that's how these two things are, are related economically. Spiritually, we have to be have the ability to bring from the metaphysical into the physical. We have to bring the from the metaphysical world into the physical, from our from from the kingdom of God. And if we don't understand what that is. And how the how the what the mechanisms and processes are to get that done, then we're always going to be at a disadvantage. 
that that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, one of the one of the Instagram posts that you have that I really like is when you highlighted abracadabra being mm-hmm. an ancient Aramaic phrase, an ancient Aramaic phrase. That's the language that Yeshua is stated as speaking. Right. Uh, the ancient Aramaic phrase, I create as I speak. I yeah. create as I speak. So does that kind of conceptualize the word when when the Bible talks about first there was the word and then the word became flesh? Is it that vibration? I create, I create vibrations as I speak. When yes. I vibe, I create vibes and those vibes create opportunities, create tangibles, create things. Great. Hey, great question. Great question. Because this is ultimately this is it. Is that it, again everything the 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 organizing principle of the universe is vibration. So in other words, everything comes together based on certain frequencies. So if we if we have a negative frequency, then we're going to get negative stuff. Okay. So you can't have a negative uh, a positive life with a negative mindset. It just it just doesn't happen. The essence of who we are is what is being reflected as our life. Okay, so our vibrationally, our vibration, vibrational essence is being reflected. That's the speaking or the word that we're talking about. Because it, and and again, I can go back and into the comedic stuff, and I can show you um, uh, prove what I'm what I'm talking about. But it, Do but it. the word is a is a. Well, I, I don't have the stuff here on the computer here, but but the word is basically uh, metaphorically talking about vibration. So the other part of that is, is that thinking of vibration as the organizing principle, then we are going to organize around like vibration. That vibration, if we have a goal set to where we want to attain, like vibration is what is going to uh have us come together so and and this is this is based on comedic principle negative or negative energy by definition does not unify negative negative energy cannot unify so as long as we're trying to fight something we'll have pockets here and there but we can't unify as a whole but when we positively set a direction that we want to go in, and, and to me, it, that, that should be something based on economic empowerment. If we can, if we can uh, all start going towards economic empowerment and not necessarily the same way, because that, that's one of the other things that I see is that we start to look at people, if they don't do it this certain way, then something is wrong with them, okay? Let the per- people go in the way that produces inspiration and joy within them in order to achieve what they're trying to achieve. And those people will connect with each other. Vibrationally. Vibrationally. You're bringing this back to economics and that's really the foundation for the get on code show. You know, one of the things that I really love talking about, particularly when we have Minister Zumbi on the show, is he has 
a couple of things that he's talked about. One is cultural tithing. Hey, Zumbi, I want you to do this in 30 seconds, man. <laughs> 30 seconds each. <laughs> That's going to be hard for him. That's going to be hard oh. for him. But uh, drop a jewel, man. Talk about cultural tithing. Okay. Cultural tithing is where I say that a dime out of every dollar should go toward what I call a race-first organization. And it can be Nation of Islam, UNIA, Moore Science Temple, Kemetic, because charity begins at home. So are we giving to organizations that look out for the interests of the African rural community? So that's cultural tithing in a nutshell. Okay. Beautiful. All right. So be a cop. Be a cop. Drop that jewel. Okay. To say to being a cop, and because I, I believe that we are in a vibration of being creators, owners, and producers. The 4040 program that was handed to us during the Industrial Revolution is dead. AI killed it. So so we have to get back into being creators, owners, and producers of whatever products or content that, that we create. All right. Become a $20 revolutionary. Drop that gem. Every African person should make a commitment to make a weekly $20 purchase from a Black-owned business, be it brick and mortar or e-commerce. If we are to do that to the point where we get 50 million people on board doing this, in a one-year period, that 50 million making a $20 a week purchase, we can shift $52 billion back into our black economy. And beef, like, you know, Biggie said, what's beef? Okay, so beef is an acronym. I call it the science of beef. Uh, beef stands for business, economics, entrepreneurship, finance. So, yeah, we, we chat like about... Yeah, we chat about economic uplift, economic advancement, economic focus being the bottom line for yes. advancement and, and the it should bottom be. line for empowerment. I say I'm, I'm in agreement with you 100% on that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, and so how does what we teach, how does what he teaches, because that's in his book. His book is called GOAT, The Gospel of Afronomics Theology. How does that relate to comedic science? I think you already answered oh, that. brother. Brother, I think let, you already answered let, that. let me tell you. <laughs> let me break it down. <laughs> so, so understand this is and 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 you you were talking about some of the the twenty dollar uh the the twenty dollar uh gift or or spending twenty dollars in, in in a uh, a twenty dollar re revolutionary. Okay, so there is a a principle within comedic science. And, and I, I like to call it priming the pump, okay? This is where the idea of tithing came from in the Bible, but it, it was twisted in Christianity. So the idea of priming the pump is, I don't, I, again, I'm, I'm an old dude, so I've been, I've been around the, I, uh, an old form of the water pump where they had to pump the well and, and get the water to come out. Well, the first thing you had to do in order to, to have the pump work is you had to prime it. That means that you have to pour a little water into the suction valve in order for it to get to working so it can bring up more water from the well. Okay? So if you want to get more abundance, more money, 
then you have to prime the pump. That means that you have to give a little with gratitude, with thanksgiving, with joy somewhere in order to get more back. Wow. Okay. That's what that's what this idea of 10% tithing came from that's been so abused in our communities. Because we're made to do it from guilt and fear. That does not bring joy. That br- does not bring positivity. Again, it goes back to vibration. But if you want to pro- if you want to get anything, you have to first and this is where again it shifts you. This this these ideas shift your whole way of thinking, because if you want to get if you want to get more love, you got to prime the pump by starting to give a little bit somewhere. Okay, okay. If if you want to get more customers in your business, you got to give a little something in order for the customers to 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 start flow. You you got to give something in order to get it back. So you got to prime the pump first, and that being a $20 revolutionary would be revolutionary. I say. So we got to prime the pump. Uh, Brother Michael says, PTP, prime the pump, prime the pump really works. Yeah. And and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, So the guilt, Daya Turner says, will a man rob God? I've heard that all my life. My father... um, who, act, who is in heaven. <laughs> My father's an ancestor. Um, he passed 13 years ago. Um, you know, he used to talk about that, how a lot of the pastors in our area of Virginia, I'm in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, would talk about how a man, will a man rob God just before it was time for the tithes and offerings. But Interestingly enough, and my father would always say that God loves a cheerful, a cheerful giver. God, you know, good oriented direction loves a cheerful giver. So and this that's why tithing worked for some people, because they had the right attitude or the right vibration that they were giving with. But for the vast majority of us. Will a man rob God? We're like, oh man, I got to give, you know, God, if I I can't rob God, oh, wow, this is going to be horrible. Okay. Wrong vibration. You're you're not giving with a glad heart. You're giving Mm -hmm. from a place of lack because, oh, I, I really don't have it. When you're saying those words, I don't have it. Guess what you're priming the pump for? Lack. Lack. You have to focus on the positive. You have to shift your focus from what you don't have to what you desire. Now, I use the Bible too because these are principles that, that again, our people, we miss. And there's a scripture in the Bible, uh, Mark 11 and 24. I believe it's Mark 11 and 24. It says, uh, pray as if you already have it and it will be yours. That principle means you have to already put it out there like you already got it and you expect that you're going to get it. In your mind, you already see yourself doing it. Excuse me. You already see yourself having it. Pray as if you already have it and it's yours. There is no qualification there. 
Okay. Okay. None. Okay. Pray that, as if that's you already have principle it. all the way. I want to put a pin on that. I want to put a pin on that. I have to do a quick commercial. Hey, this is the Get On Code Show. You can catch us on this YouTube channel, Our Black Empowerment. And you can also catch us on uh, podcasts. So wherever podcasts are listened to, uh, I listen to mine on Apple Podcasts. So take a bite of the apple. Look for the Get On Code Show. You can find, uh, you know, Minister Zoom be on here with me. But look for the Get On Code Show wherever you get your podcast. Now, I also want to dive into this. God is a frequency that exists within you. Tune mm-hmm. in. God is a frequency that exists within you. Tune in. I like this Instagram post of yours. I love this Instagram post of yours. God is a frequency that exists within you. Tune in. Yeah. Talk to that, brother. Talk to that. So, so this comes again to the to the and and I relate a little bit of this to the Bible as well. Okay, but the idea of God itself. From, from the ancient comedic perspective is the same as what they what what is written in the Bible but not what is practiced okay so in 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 the Bible it said that we're made in the image of God but in some so on some level we're taught that somehow we're different than God and and you can use the idea of hell as just just that uh that we're different because uh God will send us to hell okay? Now, that to me says you don't understand what God is and you don't understand what you are. <clears throat> because from the comedic perspective, there is a, 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 um, a, a philosophy of anthropocosmos, okay? Anthropocosmos means man as the universe, mankind, humankind as the universe, okay? So... That means that that we are the highest and ultimate expression of God on planet Earth. And not only are we the ultimate and highest expression, but that every aspect that is the universe is within us. The universe is actually the analysis because there's different parts. We got stars and planets and supernovas and all that these are actually reflections of us out there but what is out there is actually us so that means that man as the universe we are we are god in human form we are the word we are vibration made flesh we are the creator we are incipient or baby gods in training we're here to make our way back to the one but we make our way back to the one when we reconcile experiences that we have here on earth and elsewhere in the universe where this is not the only place that there are that there is life Very interesting. And I know that I'm going to bring this up. I've I've been studying our our ancestor, Reverend Ike. Reverend Powerful, way ahead of his time. 
one of the things he he always talked about and and i went back into his uh sermons where he always tells his congregation do not take the lord's name in vain and when he explained the power of i am and how people will take that in vain where he says you know whatever you say after i am is what you bring into the universe so if yes. you say i am poor or i am etc i am a sinner i right. am unworthy i am blah 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 right so now how you know when you talk about the the rewiring of the mind how do you get people one to understand uh not only the power but the responsibility of you know using i am responsibly and getting it to work in your favor yeah and and it's just what what we've been talking about so so basically if you are a creator i create as i speak okay then what is it that you want to create or what is it that you desire to create if you speak or have a negative frame that's your i am i am negative i am creating negative okay and and that's very general but but that's essentially your frame so you have to flip it and and that's something that i i teach in my class i call it the pancake method okay you have to flip negative from positive our greatest superpower that we have is the ability to choose what we think. Our ability to choose what we focus on. That's our superpower as a human being. Most people think that life just happens to them, that it's out there somewhere. But life is reflecting back to you your essence because if you have a negative frame, guess what you're going to notice in the world most? On, that's what, guess what you're going to focus on the most? The negative stuff in the world. So you got to flip that frame. And sometimes we have been wired so much to think negatively that we have to take steps and do some different processes and practice them over and over to rewire that mind. We have the ability to choose and focus on something positive and something more that we, and then we can create the things that we truly desire. Because you're always creating, okay? And, and, and that goes back to the essence of prayer. If you, if you really understand the essence of prayer, prayer from a comedic perspective is really about being. It's not about the ritual. What are you being in your thoughts or with your thoughts? What are you thinking every day? And, and I actually uh, give a training, a, a free training on that at um, Who Do I Pray To Now? Because one of the major questions that people ask me that's coming from Christianity into comedic spirituality and other forms of African spirituality is, now that I don't pray to Jesus, who do I pray to? And I give them that, foundational piece because that alone will just change so much so who do i pray to now.com is is uh you can uh get a, a free video training for that 
intriguing. I love it. I love it. Well, we're in that time of the Roman calendar year <laughs> where we're about to celebrate Easter. Uh, this is actually Passion Week 2022 using the Roman calendar, you know, not the Comedic calendar. Not the Nubian calendar, not the Dogon calendar, uh, not even the Cuban calendar. <laughs> um, but well, anyway, what is connecting Kemet and resurrection? What did the commissions um believe about resurrection, and how does that flow into um the Christian belief system here in America? Okay. And, and again, another great question. So first of all, understand that the idea was comedic first. Okay. And it was something totally different than what Christianity taught. Well, well I won't say totally different, but the way Christianity, Christianity has taught it has been debilitating. Okay. So in order to be Christian, okay. And, and I don't care what denomination you are, you have to believe that Christ died on the cross and rose after three days. Okay. Resurrected after three days. Okay. That that's the basic idea of being a Christian. Well, <clears throat> first of all, we have to understand that the idea of Jesus and Christ was two different concepts comedically. So it never should. Christ is not a last name and never was. Now, even in Christianity, it wasn't a last name at first, but that's what it's become. So we got to understand first is two concepts. So the idea was never about a physical being. Okay. It was a metaphor. First. The metaphor and, and all of these ideas about Jesus is actually not about the one special exception on earth. It's about aspects of all humankind. Okay? So esoterically speaking, Jesus is not a human being or was never a human being, was never, never walked the earth. Okay. So esoterically speaking, again, it's two concepts. These cons this original concept was from Yeusa, I-U-S-A, before it was ever the name Jesus in English. Okay. But if you trace it et etymologically, it comes from the comedic term Yeusa, I-U-S-A, but the Y, the I is pronounced like a Y. Okay. The name Yeshua is also a, a, a cognate of that. The SH is simply uh, a, another more um, specific uh, idea uh, about about a, about the fire. Okay, but but I, I won't go won't go deep into that. So the idea is is that so you can look at it at at, at a number of levels. So you can look at it numer uh, from a numerical perspective, which is uh, numerology, ancient numerology. You can look at it from an earth science perspective, and you can look at it from a psychological perspective. Okay, this idea of resurrection. So from the uh, numerical perspective, uh, it is the idea that uh, the numbers three, four, and five 
are, are as we know today, the Pythagorean theorem, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, okay? So three squared would be nine, four squared would be 16, which would equal, so nine plus 16 would equal 25. You square 25, that would be five, okay? So the that that is the numerical uh, or the numerology behind this this idea. So five is uh, the numbers can be masculine and feminine. So even numbers would be feminine. Uh, uh, odd numbers would be masculine. Feminine are the environment, <clears throat> and the masculine numbers are the active, or they 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 are the seed. Okay. So the foundation of, of the Christ story or, or the Jesus story is, is that Yeusa, which means the ever coming son of God originally, which Jesus is always coming back, right? That that's he's that's one of the things that we believe as Christian. We're always coming back. Okay. Uh the idea of the soul is the main character in the comedic teachings. So Jesus is actually, or is, is Horus, is actually the spark of light that falls from heaven into the earth, okay? That was actually known as Lucifer. But we've been taught Lucifer is from, is, is, is uh, satanic and devilish. In reality, Lucifer means light bringer. Okay. Light falls from heaven into the earth. So we've been told Lucifer is the fallen angel. Ooh. We've had it twisted. Okay. So we're talking about so so the the idea that that the the angel or light falls from heaven and then comes back or is, is on his return back from earth. That's where the letter J comes from. That J is not by accident. Okay. It's symbolic of something coming down and then starting to return back. Wait, right. wait, 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 <laughs> wait. I got to let that process, let that uh, breathe. I got to let that breathe. That's the first time I've ever heard, you know, I've always heard, you know, since I was in high school, you know, letter J didn't exist way back then, you know. I understood that, you know, but you're saying that the letter J metaphorically or or literally, are you saying literally, metaphorically? Metaphorically. Metaphorically means coming back? It's 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 the it's the one. So remember, J came from supposedly an embellished eye. Okay. <laughs> So it was an embellishment on the letter I. Ye Usa became Asus. <laughs> I got a clap on that one. I got okay. Okay. So Jesus is us human beings that are here on earth to learn and start our way back to the heavens. That's dope. That's and you know what's interesting. And I, I hate interrupting code keepers, uh, allow my interruption. And uh, I guess uh, comedic centered, you know, your group, <laughs> your family, uh, uh, 
uh, allow me this interruption. So every Easter, I kind of post this message. The anointed has risen. It's your turn. Follow the leader. Now, this message really came because my father, Dr. Reverend Samuel Varner, used to give this message on every high holy day that the theology of the holy days begin with a focus on Yeshua and then extends to Yeshua's followers. All right. And so my father used to always say that on, you know, on Easter, this isn't just about Jesus. Now, he said this in the pulpit. This is about you. Something about you has died. That thing about you has died. But if you follow the path, if you follow the way, it will be resurrected in a more glorious form. Okay. And just and just I love it. My mind. I um, love it. That's powerful. So, and and, and he, he's right. Because th this is the other thing. We talk about Jesus dying on the cross. Well, understand that the cross existed before Christianity. And I know today a lot of people will say that the cross means death and the unk means life. They don't get it. They don't understand what that means because the cross is actually the four, the four metaphorical elements that are needed to go to break for a soul to break through the barrier of the metaphysical into the physical. So what we know them as air, earth, fire, and water, okay? And once that soul breaks through the physical, that soul is said to have died on the cross because the soul, the, the, from the comedic perspective, death means that the soul no longer has its omnipotent awareness, so it's dead. It dies on the cross in order to be reborn. To be born into the physical. Okay? Once you start going through life and you're going through your trials and tribulations, then you are to become spiritually elevated. And once you become spiritually elevated... Back to your return, you are resurrected from the Ooh. soul perspective. So let me give you a, a just an, 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 our, our life uh, example <clears throat> for, for me. So when I basically lost everything that I had, who I was died. That that's this this is psychologically what I'm talking about now, not metaphysically. Who I was died. Okay. But I had to overcome those hardships. And once I overcame those hardships, I learned some lessons and I elevated consciously. I became a Christ. That's what Christ means. Jesus is the so G, talking about Jesus and Christ. So Jesus is actually. Uh, and, and going back to the to the African teachings, we're talking about functions and not people and personalities. So the function that is Jesus is actually the aha moment. That moment that the light bulb comes on. Aha. Okay. Once that aha happens, then you learn something. Once you learn something, you gain wisdom. And that part of gaining wisdom is becoming the Christ. 
So we've done that as we've lived our life. These Christ and Jesus moments happen over and over in different aspects of our life. So again, it's not about uh, it's, it's not about one special being. It's about all of us. That that's what the resurrection is about. So what Whoa. your father was saying, yes, absolutely. It's a it's it's about more than what they're talking about is as this one special being that died on the cross for us. We again, when you get to the esoteric understanding of it, all of us died on the cross. That's how we got here. All of us as souls lost our uh, omnipotent awareness. That's what the death is. The death is from the comedic perspective, and now we're having to learn to reconnect to that awareness. That's what our journey in life is supposed to do. Hmm. Once we connect back to that awareness, that omnipotent awareness through our intuition, okay. Through, through understanding who we are, then we become a Christ and we are resurrected. Woo. And I've, I've, I've been binging on some of your content, bro. So I want you to tell the toast story. Hopefully you know what I'm talking about. The what now? <laughs> toast. How toast is fundamentally bread. But you then say when it becomes toast, it's an advance. It's a different formation of the fundamental. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And and I just <laughs> use that as analogy of a transformation. Okay, so so all of us are transformed. So we might start out as as a piece of bread, but when we go through the fire and the heat, then that bread is transformed into something else different, which is 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 the toast. Okay. So, so that's, that's what I mean. It's just, it's, it's just about an, uh, using an analogy for the transformation. And that's what becoming a Christ is, is that you're literally transforming in different areas of your life. So anything that you, that causes you to transform and change consciously, that's a Christ moment for you. So that's something that's a part of you all day, every day. So this, this idea that you're supposed to look outside yourself to be the example of your transformation that pulls it out of you. You can't even use it. So that's where, again, we go back to the comedic teachings and these, these ideas become universal principles for us. And, and let's talk about one of the miracles of Jesus. So to illustrate uh, the idea that Jesus is the aha moment. So when a person is, um, uh, they don't have the ability to see their own faults, okay? Okay. We might euphemistically or metaphorically say that that person is blind to their own fight, faults, right? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't, they don't know, they, don't, they can't see what's wrong with themselves. They're blind. That's the same way the ancients used that idea, okay? So... When Jesus heals the blind man, dang, man, I just, I figured this out. This is why I keep doing such and such and such. You just had a Ooh. Jesus moment. You had an aha moment. Aha. Uh -huh. Your blindness has been healed. Now, what <laughs> do you do with that? Once it, does it change your behavior? Once you get that aha moment, you gain some wisdom from it. 
then you become the Christ. So, so that's not sacrilegious to say that you're becoming the Christ, that you are it, the it Christ. It might be to somebody who's religious. But I'm, I'm trying to raise my people. I, I, we got to get away from religion and understand what our ancestors, what they have been teaching us, what they left here for us. Because a lot of this stuff, I'm, I'm telling you a lot of stuff that's not written down in a lot of books. So this this is taking years and years for me to put together and, and through study. And it's understanding the symbolic language, it's understanding etymology, it's understanding metaphysics, it's understanding all of these different ideas that I'm having to synthesize in order to give you and bring this information. But tell me if it makes sense, more sense than a miracle, or if it makes more sense than it just being one special person that it cannot happen to anybody else. Can can a, a Jesus moment, an aha moment, does that make sense? It makes sense to me because Yeshua said, well, it's reported, it's recorded in the canonized Bible that Yeshua says, you will do greater things than I'm doing. And Yeshua also said in the canonized Bible, it's recorded that don't you realize or something like that, that ye are gods. So Boom. it's interesting that Yeshua teaches something truthfully very different than what Christianity teaches. There and when go. I started we're, focusing... We're Paulinian. Christianity is more about Paulinians than it is about Jesus. You know, my father, uh, before, when he was still alive, you know, he 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 called me a red-letter Christian. Uh, a red-letter Christian is one who just reads the red words. I and get those it. Are, those are, you know, the words that, you know, Yeshua, the Christ, the Jesus stated. And when I read those red words, I was like, this ain't what y'all teaching. Right. Right, right. right. Now, uh, interestingly enough, my father shared with me one day, um, and I'm, I'm learning now that my father was teaching me metaphysics, and I didn't get it. But, you know, you don't throw pearls to swines, right? Um, and see, that there's a lot of brothers that are, they, they want <laughs> to teach this stuff, man, but they, they are, they, they're making their transition from this dogmatic style of Christianity, but they don't know how to bridge it. And, and that's one of the things that I'm doing is helping people to bridge these ideas to where it can become something that is more about empowerment for our people than it is about disempowerment. Because that, that's what Christianity has done on a, on a whole level. And understand that there's been some good things with it, you know, so it's been a double-edged sword for our people. But as a whole right now, it's something that's disempowering more than it is empowering. Well, that's intriguing that you would use the term double-edged sword when speaking about Christianity, because they say that the word is like a double-edged sword and I, I can't quote the rest of it. But what's intriguing to me is one of the issues that I found with my faith walk, particularly, um, you know, growing up in a Christian household, my father and my mother were both heavily involved in the church. My father was a minister. My mother was in charge of Christian education, um, but they were both, particularly my father, both heavily involved in liberation theology. And my father also studied world religions and taught and on use of university level word religions and made sure that we were involved in a lot of African thought, a lot of conscious thought. So when I went through my time period as a five percenter, I would say, hey, dad, da, 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 da. He was like, oh, and he would pick a book off the Bible and say, this is what you're teaching me. <laughs> when I studied a little bit of um, Asar set for a period of time, he's like, oh, let me pull that off the Bible and say, this is what 
you're talking about. And it was really intriguing to me that those same lessons, those same messages, that same awareness, that same guidance were found in a maybe a hidden version in the canonized Bible, but in yeah. other places they were more readily detailed. Um, but one of the things that I think has negatively impacted us because predominantly we've been grown up in a Christian society is for people of African descent, indigenous descent, native, whatever you want to call us, use Moorish, you know, copper skin, whatever term you want to use. We go with all with that. We're good with all of that. Whatever term you want to use, we look for a savior to solve most of our problems. It's disempowering. We look for a savior to solve most of our problems. And what does that savior look like that we've been taught? How how dis, how debilitating to think that the savior and the oppressor are one and the same. That 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 is so debilitating. And and our people, for the most part, most Christians don't even connect the dots psychologically. What that does to us, they don't even connect the dots. True, true, true. And, you know, we were just talking about politics. One of the things that I teach, uh, I run a group called the Community Action Team here in Hampton Roads, is that we can't expect a politician to be a savior. You know, a lot of times we, the capital W, capital E, e, you know, us, we look at politicians as either superstars or saviors. Superstars, we just look up to and we just love everything they do without really criticizing and looking at them critically. And right. saviors, we expect them, if we pick the right person and we put the right person in office, everything is going to be fine. They're going to do everything right. for us. We won't have, you know, there was a lady, I remember she was on the news that when President Obama won the first time, she started talking about how I'm not going to have to pay my mortgage. I don't have to worry about my bills. It's all going to be taken care of. And I was like, whoa, we really wow. have a savior complex down. Wow. Heavy. And That's now, one of the things that I think is interesting is um, during my, you know, my faith walk, I went to a unity church uh -huh. and a unity church. Uh, it was predominantly white. And I walked in and this lady walked up to me and said, the Christ in me greets the Christ in you. And I was like, whoa, whoa, y'all saying this in church? <laughs> you know, because I was like, man, that's what we were studying in the 5% teachings and what we're studying in some of our, you know, comedic studies and things of that nature. Um I was like, whoa, are they saying this in the church? Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's the interesting. Uni Unity Church looks at uh the as Christ more metaphorically than they do as a literal, literal being. And I think that, and this is one of the things I speak to as well, is that when we for for us as a people, when we say Jesus is not historical, I think the well, I don't think I know the average Christian, they have been taught to name natural human spiritual experiences in the context or frame of the church that when it happens Ooh. it's jesus okay that that's what we've been, we've been taught to name every experience jesus and the only reason we have it is because jesus was real and we're christian so when anybody says that jesus never existed they think that you're saying their experiences never happen. That must mm. mean I'm crazy. And that's that's essentially what they're arguing against, okay? But the spiritual experiences are very real. That subjective inner experience is real, 
Okay, okay. But that doesn't mean that it had anything to do with somebody named Jesus. You've just been taught to call it that. Hey, we're sitting here learning and earning with the good brother Reginald, Reginald Martin from Comedic Centered Living. This is a screenshot of his YouTube channel. So, hey, check out his YouTube channel, subscribe. He has some really interesting stuff on there. <laughs> some really interesting mind awakening stuff on there. So I I know that Minister Zumbi had a question and then I have my last three questions and you know you're not going to give everything away for free. Go ahead and check out and pay to subscribe. I mean you're not just to pay to subscribe but you know subscribe to his channel. That that's your payment. And then there's some other payments along the way as well. That's that's just well, the well, nature that's, that's of the way I look at it brothers. I, I try to make something that is so good that first of all the value that I give you it's going to be 10 times whatever you pay me. Wow. I'm, I'm just looking at my notes here to make sure that I don't miss anything. And <laughs> well, well, no, because there were a number of things that really resonated, like in in the South Pacific, the uh, the shamans refer to this three-dimensional place as dream time. Uh-huh. That everything that happens in this three-dimensional universe is an illusion. Yes. Okay. And so, and like I said, that's that's a quantum shift from how we were conditioned to look at this uh this this reality. And, and can I can I speak to that right quick, brother? Yes. Okay. That illusion idea, and and see this is this is again this goes back to comedic teachings and understanding that and 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 most ancient ancient teachings teach this idea that that our reality is a delusion or is dream time or, or whatever, and and what we think that they're saying is that it's not real. It's an illusion. We we you know we can't touch this stuff, but that's not what they meant. When they said illusion, they meant the illusion was that you have no power over it. The, and again, the illusion is, is that you have no power over this reality. And that's just not the truth. All right. That, that was it. No. And, and I know I'm dating myself when I say this. You know, the police had a song called Being Spirits in the Material World. And the song was basically talking about how as spirits were having to navigate through this three-dimensional, um, I guess you would say this three-dimensional paradigm. And and they the, the chorus always went, you know, we are spirits in the material world. So that way we don't forget who we really are. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely, say, I say. and I, so, I, I like the. I'm a I'm a fan of the police as well. Okay. Well, I I like being a cop, creator, <laughs> owner, producer. I, I like that too. I like that too. <laughs> hey, so I I, I want to jump into our last final questions. There's three of them. Are we the resurrection, truth, and the light? Based on what you've learned, what you've taught, and you might be summing up everything you've talked about tonight. Are we? The resurrection truth and the light absolutely we are but we got to understand what we are who we are 
We are souls having a human experience. Okay. Now, understand the word soul is a homonym for the Latin word S-O-L. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, even the ancients understood that we are light. Again, going back to Heru falling, light falling from heaven. Wait, 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 wait. For the uninitiated, when you talk about the S-O-L, for the uninitiated, what does that mean? Soul is, that's the Latin word for the sun. Solar system, the sun system. So soul, S-O-U-L, and S-O-L are homonyms. We are soul. We are light. Soul. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So jump on the soul train. Continue, good brother. Now that we've illuminated that point, that soul means light. Continue. Continue. No, and, and so we we are the truth. And this is what you got to understand that the, and coming from the comedic term ma'at, okay? Which one of the words is truth. But this is what people don't get <clears throat> when we're talking about. So I'm going to take this a little bit deeper. Is ma'at represented as a male or a female? Ooh, normally I've seen ma'at presented as a female but yeah. i've also heard that ma'at shape shift i mean shape shifts no no not not in the comedic sense if somebody's talking that they they don't understand it because I, I know exactly what they're doing they're probably talking about ma'a <laughs> the idea of ma'a but but ma'at is feminine so the sure. ancients made these symbols about function, not necessarily gender in, in this sense, okay? So when we're talking about masculine and feminine, masculine is an active, projective type of um, function. Feminine is the inward function and aspect of us, men, women, it doesn't matter. So we we both have masculine and feminine, okay? So even the idea of Adam and Eve, the way that the Christ, way Christianity taught it is, is jacked up because it blames, blames women for the fall of man. But in reality, Eve, in the esoteric tradition, in the comedic tradition, Eve is actually the feminine aspect within us that brings us the fruit of wisdom. Hmm. Well, I have to admit, I've fallen for a couple of women. <laughs> That's been my fall. That you, you said, what was your well, downfall? Well, we, we've all did that. But but um, but um. So, but but that but so Eve is the inner aspect, also feminine. My aunt is the inner aspect, and called truth. So, if the inner aspect of us is truth, 
that is saying that our subjective experience is our truth, which goes back to the way that you think and frame things from within you is what you are going to project into your reality. Now, mm. do you think you have power over that illusion or don't you? If you don't, you got to rewire your mind. Plain and simple. Wow. All right. Well, then I have a last a few questions. Um, whoo. This one is a little different. This one is a little different as we wrap up. What have you intentionally done differently from your previous generation to make a better life? Oh man, to throw off the shackles of religion. So that, that that's one of the things. And then for for me to even to teach a lot of these ideas uh from from my previous generation, this would have been unheard of, you know. So I'm I want to make life better for us by teaching these principles that will empower us. So we focused on knowledge and we focused on uh, just gaining knowledge, which we end up becoming a lot of librarians. And, and believe me, I love reading. I love gaining knowledge. But when I'm gaining knowledge, I want to know that it's going to be something that I can apply to my life and make it better. And that's what I want to teach people of this generation. That's what I want to bring to people today is that you have a power within you that you didn't realize, but you can access it. You just have to learn how. You have to learn the processes. So for me, that's what I have intentionally done different than previous generations, is that I'm bringing to you ideas that have never been brought into, into this plane of existence at this time. Okay, 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 okay. You actually wrapped up all three of the questions <laughs> I was going to ask you <laughs> in your one answer. My uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Zumbi, I'll let you have the last question. But before that last question, um, you said that they may have been mixing up ma'at and ma'a. Hadn't heard that before. Drop the jewel. Drop the jewel. So uh, was that that for me? Yeah, that was for you because you said oh. uh, when I was sharing with you that I heard that yeah. Ma'at was a shape shifter. Uh, you was like, well, they're mixing up Ma'at and Ma'a. So yeah. I never heard so, of Ma'a. So Ma'a is the masculine expression of Ma'at. And Ma'a means perception. Okay? How you perceive. Ma'at is the inner aspect of that. Okay? So ma'a is what you're projecting, and ma'at is the inner aspect of us, which is our truth. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, Zombie. Hey, uh, Michael. <laughs> Brother, Grand Risings, Michael. Uh, you just joining us toward the end, so you can watch the replay. Zombie, any last questions from you, bro? Okay. I've I've watched the presentation, the demonstration. Now I'm ready to take action. What action steps uh, would you recommend to those in the audience, be it live or those who will watch the the playback of this? Action steps for what in particular? Well, 
action steps, whether to participate in your comedic centered living or action steps in terms of taking steps to transform, not reform your life, but to transform your life. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, and, and thank you for asking that, brother. I really appreciate it. Uh, so definitely uh, you have the opportunity to, uh, to join my class. Uh, and uh, again, these are uh, things that, and you can go to um, AfricanMindRewire.com to, uh, to look at the information and everything. Uh, but this, this is what I, I say about that, is that the things that I'm teaching are not theory, okay? These are things that I've actually used to uh, better my life, you know, to, like I said, to come out of depression. Uh, as far as what anybody can do just generally, again, there's there has to be a shift in our way of thinking, and there has to be a shift to the ancient African paradigm, uh, understanding vibration, understanding the organizational principle. Because if, if you're constantly centering your life around negativity, you cannot get positivity out of it. So there has to be a shift. And in a lot of instances, we have to shift our mind to uh, uh, more positive ideas. But there has to be processes that you have to learn to do that. Can you, can you do it on your own? Absolutely. Uh, but with, with the class that I teach, uh, it, it gives you those processes and tools to help, help you to do that. And, and it is empowering. It's life changing. Hey, I would say that anybody who's intrigued and awakened and enlightened by that, you know, check out his, you know, the website. Uh, you know, it's uh, I, I'm going to kineticcenteredliving.com, and I see that you have these offerings right here. You have the African spirituality before Christianity. Uh, you have the African mind rewire. Uh, you mentioned that your daughter does a birth chart reading. Yeah, That's birth chart readings are like uh, cheat codes for your life. Um, universal law, man. I, I think this is the one that really intrigued me that African spirituality teaches you universal laws. Uh, but I also will say that hey, go to his Facebook, go to his Twitter, go to the Instagram, definitely go to his YouTube channel and check out all the great things that you know the comedic centered living group is doing. Uh, so it looks like you have a really great family there, brother. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait to great, join. Great I'll be family. joining soon. Good stuff. Good stuff. Any uh, parting words you want to leave? No, hey, guy, I, I would just say, man, first of all, thank you all again for uh, having me on. I, I really appreciate it. This has been a great conversation. So uh, definitely uh, am appreciative of, of it and what you're doing as well. So I, I watched some of the other stuff, too, just uh, you had sent me some links, and uh, so I took some time out to watch it, and and uh, you guys are really doing some great things, so thank you. Uh, but I definitely would say, guys, that, it's, that we have to take the mantle of changing our world. We have to take that upon ourselves to do. We can't wait on a savior. And and that's going to take, again, just it's going to take rewiring your mind, and it's going to take developing a level of confidence within yourself that you can't even do it. But we're never going to be able to do that if we think we're unworthy, that we're broken, that we're a sinner, that we're all this. That's never going to happen. We can go, we can accumulate knowledge all day long. Hmm. But if you don't believe you can execute it, 
You're gonna sit at, uh, on your couch eating bonbons till the till the world come to uh till your world comes to an end. <laughs> so get off the couch. Let's let's make it happen. Let's apply it. I say that. Get off the couch, get into life. Uh I also want to say peace to uh a lot of the KCL family. Uh Courtney, the SLP, she's been dropping some nice jewels. Perception is so yeah. powerful. Perception is powerful. You have to choose positive over negative. Be the producer of your own movie. All right. And yeah, then we got Rod the Creator. See some regular okay. family. And Rod the Creator, she's been dropping jewels all night. Uh, yep. That's one of my <laughs> moderators on my YouTube channel. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. And Dia Turner. Um, so, hey, we want to say thanks to everybody. My class. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Everybody who's been dropping jewels and leaving comments, your comments have been empowering um, in a spiritual sense. <laughs> it made me know that we're on the right path with this. So um, as we say on the Get On Code show, get on code, share the code, teach the code, become the code. Our code is empowerment and we love you. Peace. All right.